0: Hey, welcome back to Pints and Perspectives, a podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we believe there is a plethora of theological perspectives and plenty
1: of beer to go around. Hey, Colin! What's up, man? Are you a college basketball fan?
0: Uh, I am, so. No, you're not. Uh, yes, actually, true story. Uh, You mostly hear me talk about college football these days. Right,
1: that's what I thought you were going to say.
0: But, that's only because when I got married at some point, Hunter was like, you watch too much sports. Well, that's true. You need to pick one sport. I will give you one sport.
1: Gosh, that's tough. You picked the right one. Football is the right one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But, I'm single again and I would love to say I watch enough college basketball. I don't um, yeah. But before all of that, I was a huge college basketball fan. Well, made sorry, a bracket every year.
1: Did you make a bracket this year? No. Yeah, I've never made a bracket ever once in my <laughs> life. Just,
0: yeah, it's too much time right now. I don't have enough time.
1: But U of for, H, U of H is apparently uh, they were number one seed, doing their thing, and uh, Second Bears they are out. They
0: out in the round of thirty two.
1: Bracket busted. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, last I checked. There was only one bracket that had been published that was um, that was still good, hundred percent correct.
1: Interesting. Um, like, what do you win? A pat on the back. Well, it depends uh, on
0: where you entered it.
1: That's fair, I guess. If it's at some Vegas bar, anyways. Uh, the uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Do you know where Mark? Or do you know where the Final Four is being played this year? H right, Town. H
0: Town. Because I saw a video that the very first thing they did as soon as the rodeo was over, what they do was they brought in some dozers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some track hose and Some
1: what? Don't,
0: track hoes? Watch
1: your mouth the way you speak about the people oh that work God. at the NRG Stadium. That's a piece of equipment. They are they not track hoes. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, they brought in dozers and track hoes, and they moved 580 dump trucks worth of dirt out of uh, the Toyota Center to make space. For the final four,
1: yeah, and they did it in like uh, twenty, like twenty four hours or whatever, dude. The Houston Livestock yep. Show and Rodeo infrastructure operations and like planning is yep is uh, in incre- like miraculously well. And you have to think efficient.
0: These these PRCA rodeos, they've been doing them for a hundred years. Well, that's the thing. All yeah. over, like, yeah, they know exactly how to move into an arena and move out.
1: Yeah, right within like hours. Oh yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah.
0: Very the, fast turnaround. Cause you got to rent the, you got to rent the arena for the turnaround.
1: Right, right, right. And so like, you're, you're still, still out whether
0: you're making money. So the faster you can do that, that's dollars raining in your pocket.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now that we've bored uh, everyone with True. our sports talk, uh, we have a
0: fun beer today.
1: We have a fun beer today, which I haven't looked up yet. I should have done that before. Uh, but um, this is a beer from Martin house uh, let me just read real quick. So uh, I should say, this is Darkness Falls by Martin House. It is a rum barrel aged coconut milk stout, oh. 9.8% alcohol by volume from Martin House. Let me just uh, tell you a little bit about this beer. Uh, Chocolate Rum Darkness. It's It has been six years since we released this beast of an imperial stout, and we've been waiting and We've been waiting long enough, okay? Our first ever rum barrel aged beer, Darkness Falls, is back. This 9.8% ABV Imperial Milk Stout is loaded with shredded coconut and vanilla bean. Ooh. Darkness sat in fresh rum barrels for three months. It pours pitch black, which we've got glasses, so uh, go to YouTube right now so you can watch this thing. Uh, uh, it, it, let's see, sorry, sorry, sorry. It pours pitch black like motor oil on a moonless night yes how dark is motor oil on a moonless night
0: oh oh the yeah the darkest it can get
1: darkness falls uh this beer boasts flavors of molasses rich chocolate and boozy deliciousness oh uh take head as oh sorry (laughs) take heed take heed (laughs) Freudian slip. Take <laughs> heed as you enjoy this special treat, or you'll be three sheets to the wind in no time. Oh
0: my god! Which hey yo, means the copywriter drunk, on drunk. that, bravo! That's that's great.
1: You ever had anything from Martin House?
0: Yes, 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 yes. I'm a there, fan.
1: I there is it's rare to say this about a brewery, uh, I think, but I've never once had anything come out of Martin House that I did not think was incredible. I've had one. What was it?
0: I don't fully remember, but Clayton, there's a log of all the beers that we've ever done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I need to get with him, and I'll check. Um, But there is definitely one that I reviewed on this podcast. Oh, no kidding. Years ago. Okay. Uh, Yeah, there's one that I don't like.
1: Um, Martin House is in uh, the Fort Worth area, yeah, so we yeah, don't we do Metroplex. We don't like them for that reason, of course. Mm-hmm. Also, something else really unique going on with this beer. Uh, also, like when it, when is this episode coming out? What do we know? Because um, will come
0: is, out next week, so this is a
1: limited there? run. And so, if you're in Texas, you can probably find this like at HEB right now. But come like um like two to three four weeks, it's going to be gone. well. This is
0: coming out next week, so it'll yeah. be. March 30th.
1: You should go. If, if you're interested in this beer, yeah, you need March to get 30th. to an HEB soon. So uh, more than a bomber. So a lot of times these special releases breweries will put them out in bombers and bombers are uh, like big glass bottles. They're more than a pint, but, you know, okay. but less than uh, two. I, I forget exactly. It's like ounces. a growler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or like a uh, uh, no, no, no. Growler's too big. It's like a corraler. Like oh a, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A smaller one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Historically, like a
0: sixteen, like a sixteen or twenty ounce something like that. Yeah.
1: So what is two beers? Twenty four ounces. Yeah. So I think it's like 20. well, not if
0: they're doing them by pints. Which if you're buying from a brewery or yeah, like pint, a, pint. A, a pub house, they're usually doing it by pints. Yeah, I think a bomber. So a crawler like, would be sixteen, and I think a
1: growler is thirty two. I think a pint. I think a I think a, a bomber is like a pint and a half. Anyways. Historically, most barrel-aged beers you'll find are available in glass bottle format called Bomber. While a Bomber might look fancy, it offers very little advantage when compared to can. Okay, okay, Martin House. Cans are easily portable, more recyclable, and also block out harmful light rays, which is true. Remember, this is supposed to be dark as the darkness of darkness. Yeah. Most importantly, you'll get two extra ounces in this box. Okay, so they okay, did the but math wait, for us. Wait, wait.
0: To be fair, they're a little bit wrong. Oh. Because if you get a bomber or a growler from a pub house and you keep going back it is the epitome of the most sustainable recycling because you're using the same container over and over again but that's not what they mean
1: but they're saying well they're saying a production bomber oh got it that that you would go to the grocery store and purchase a bomber off the shelf got it got it got it yeah 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 yeah, that makes sense you know what I'm saying they're not talking about I'm sure you can roll up to Martin House today and go into the pub with whatever and get a growler and just
0: cycle it but they mean
1: what's on the shelf and so there's two more ounces in here Uh, so I guess a bomber then is 20 ounces Okay. Uh, so enjoy one now and give another one to a friend drink up and cheers to the future of barrel aged beers so
0: hey let's see I've never had it let me I'm gonna pull their website up and we're gonna see
1: cool can art 15 IBUs 20 to, okay, that's nothing. Yeah, right. Well, it's a it's a milk stout. Yeah. A coconut milk stout. Which mean,
0: well, and so my question is, it said, didn't one of the flavors it said it was going to highlight was molasses? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be sweet as can be.
1: It's shredded coconut and vanilla bean, and it's been in a rum barrel for three months. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Brewed on November 28th.
0: The original gravity was 22.7. Yeah, that's boozy 9.8 yeah we're gonna turn okay, let's do it okay um Wait, so so are these two of the same beer or do we need to mix these together no or? no no
1: no no. it's the exact same beer okay, they okay. just chose instead of a bomber to do two to 12 do ounce cans. It, so cans. cheers
0: it. cheers oh it i mean it looks like motor oil it filled
1: the room with aroma
0: it did i mean it is thick Uh, you know how sometimes I say that some beer it's a like a uh I'm upset about it when I say that it has the viscosity of water. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, no, this beer has the viscosity of like some five weight motor
1: oil. Okay, let's get a nose. Vanilla, chocolate. It's actually not as aromatic as I uh, would expect it to be.
0: I've definitely got some like some nut. um, Oh,
1: okay. It's gonna. It's going it, it, it. Uh, sat on coconut yeah, shreds. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's definitely coconut. I'm definitely, but it's like a to, It's definitely a toasted coconut.
1: I just put my nose in it, literally. Okay. Let's give it a and sip. I. And I can. Yeah. What do you smell?
0: I think I smell the rum too.
1: Oh, I don't pick up the rum. I bet we'll taste the rum. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bleep that. Uh, um, viscosity is incredible. Mm-hmm. It tastes like um, there is the first thing that hit my my brain was there is a sunscreen lotion made by H E B that is scented like uh, vanilla coconut. That's what this tastes like. That smell
0: yeah it so first I will say I was really fearful that the coconut would be too much. It is almost you, too much Well it's like right on the edge it's but a lot you of know coconut. what but there's a lot going on in this beer and I think if it was any less it would get lost
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah because the vanilla is very pronounced The as well. vanilla
0: is very pungent um, and the coconut would definitely get lost behind that dark viscosity. I mean it really is a delicate flavor.
1: Yeah, and you know with stouts, especially milk stouts, um like the carbonation's real low, right? Like we don't there's not a lot of carbonation, so it you talk about viscosity, it's just like What's well, a ale? It's a thick, slow um uh flavor-filled yeah, m- mouth it, filler. <laughs> and it like and it truly is a milk
0: stout cuz it's coating the inside of your mouth. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. It's got that lactose in it. Man, it is incredible.
1: That's a good beer.
0: It is uh it is incredible.
1: I don't pick up the rum.
0: I get it. I don't know how you're not getting it. It's for me it's really um, on the finish.
1: You know, as I breathe it out, <sighs>
0: It's really on the finish.
1: It's, it's, it's got that rum. Fr- you know, yep. rum rum can be, I don't know if this is the right language, like fruity. It can be fruity sometimes. Mm-hmm. It, it tastes a little fruity. Banana funk. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, that's a, a lot of
0: rum, that's what they say, is like, oh, really? it has some Jamaican banana
1: funk to it. Interesting, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I get the banana funk. It's a great compliment to the coconut on the finish.
1: hey I, I got it in the nose in the beginning. I'm- Let me see if I can smell it now. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, I can smell it now that I can taste it. Um, okay, so he just pulled up the Martin House website, and I stand fully 100% corrected. There is a beer I've tried out of Martin House that I think is gutter trash. The and-
0: sour pickle beer? Yeah. Yes. It's terrible. It, they ha- they make It a was spicy, this one.
1: They make a spicy version, too.
0: It was this one. What,
1: the true love? I no, haven- no, no, no.
0: Wait, no, no, no Maybe it was
1: this goat I have the uh, true love I have a six pack of true love at home right now (laughs) I love that raspberry sour I I do like
0: sour Maybe I'm wrong Uh, Okay, their website uh, looks a little out um, Because they don't have this one
1: Yeah, it's not even listed (laughs) Oh, is it on their untapped? (gasps) It's not even listed Um This is great radio. Just silent scrolling through. I'll edit some of this. I'll
0: edit some of this silence out. Well, I'm going through untapped to try to see what
1: darkness falls is on untapped. (laughs) Okay. You found it. Oh, but remember they used to do it six years ago. These are all no, 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 no. What's its rating on untapped 4.1. Oh, so people don't like it. 56. This is a different darkness falls. This Darkness Falls is 10.3 ABV 57 IBU. This is the Oh, original. this
0: is a re-release.
1: Yeah. So this. Is, they
0: changed the recipe and re-released the label.
1: Right. Okay. Um, Which I don't. I I don't. I'm not seeing. Maybe. Is it is it just that new? Certainly. It's somewhere on here. Yeah. Nope. It's still that old one.
0: Okay. Adam, do you want to give this uh, a score? You're a stout guy.
1: I am a stout guy uh, because of all the flavor complexities that you can jam into them um, and which this beer is doing the most. I, at first, did not enjoy how strong the coconut flavor was. Now that I sit with it, I actually have fallen in love. I think this would be really good with like... um, uh, like a like a breakfast sandwich, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a a seven point eight. Seven point eight. That's pretty high. There you go for me.
0: Uh, well, and he use the decimal, which means he really cares. I do.
1: I do really care because the milk is there, the rum is there, uh, and I'm 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 getting it all now. Yeah. The coconut is there. It, like the way it is described is the chocolate is there, and it's all. Everything is balanced really well into one great flavor palette, but you can still pick them all out. Yeah, I'm in love. You know what? Yeah. Bump it up. 8.2. Okay,
0: I was going to go 8.1. Yep, I was at 8.1. It's a very good beer. It's a
1: crowd pleaser. It's yeah, a crowd it's pleaser. it's a
0: very good beer. If you like stouts, um, and even if you don't like coconut, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like coconut. The coconut you know, is strong. I don't like coconut either. For me, it's more of a texture thing. I do like the flavor of coconut <laughs> occasionally, but like it. don't be afraid of the coconut. It, it is good for the beer.
1: It is good. Well, and they've balanced it. This is the thing. The coconut and the rum with the dark chocolate and the milk, yeah. it, 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 they're killing it. Okay. So good. So good. Also, okay. also, there's a decapitated head being held by a pirate yeah. with, with fire coming out of his ears on the can. So, And he uh, has blood on his sword. Look at his
0: right. Look at his right hand.
1: Oh yeah, you got to roll all the way around. Oh, and he's got like the tattoos. I'm digging the whole darkness falls, my man. I'm digging the whole vibe. Uh, Winner winner.
0: Martin House. Winner winner chicken dinner. But they always do
1: it. Uh, But get rid of that pickle crap.
0: Maybe it was this the salty lady goes that I didn't like. Really, I think that's what it was.
1: It could be. It's not for everybody. Their, their box slider is great. Their uh, double Indian, uh, well, they, their double IPA is really good.
0: Yeah, so I was fixing to say, their double IPA, I've also reviewed it. We've reviewed, when Clayton was on this podcast, uh, like, you know, years ago, uh, we reviewed like maybe four or five different Martin House brews, I and we it.
1: actually gave shout-outs to Martin House. I've been there. It's a great, great brewery. Uh,
0: yeah, so it was great.
1: Okay, what are we talking about today, Cullen? Um, now that we spent 20 minutes on beer and sports.
0: And beer and March Madness. Hey, it needed to be said, yo. It does. Uh, And this is
1: our podcast, so screw you if you didn't like it. Well, I don't agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: So what I want to talk about is I want to finish or I want to move into the third section of our series on the problem of evil, which is the human perspective. Great. And so maybe the best way to start this is to just, you know, like – Get a base rate, uh, get a constant, get a control group. Adam, how do you feel as a human existing Mm. Mm. in the void of Mm. the problem of evil?
1: It makes me an atheist. Why? Yeah, so, um, and I think, gosh, what a great question. Okay. It is, the problem of evil is the human condition, Which is what? And what I mean by that, right, is um, it is something that we all, like the problem of evil exists whether or not you have a faith tradition you ascribe to. Correct. Because...
0: It's a universal problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every human experiences suffering. Every human experiences tragedy. Every human experiences opposition, difficulty, pain, death, Um. Natural disasters, terrorist attacks, um, unexpected loss and expected loss, grief, all the things that we associate with the problem of evil. Um, Oh my God. He spilled the beer. He spilled the beer. It's true. So Cullen said, Adam, I don't like the fact that you've moved the microphones out of our faces because they take up all the space. And I said, brah, it's no problem." And then he spilt half of his very good beer. Well, he can't have mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wonder, can you like squeegee it back into the glass? This is good content. This is a blooper reel. Look, he's literally trying to get it back into the glass, y'all. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if the microphone is picking up the splatters. (laughs) I got a little bit left. Yeah, I mean, you still have beer. I got a little bit left, friends. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled programming post tragedy.
0: (laughs) Post tragedy. See, look, I saved a little bit.
1: This is the problem of evil. Cullen lost his just beautiful, incredible beverage tragically
0: you know i wasn't probably going to finish it all anyways it unfortunately is. because it's really boozy boozy and it's 11 34 a.m would you call it bad and boozy thursday oh <laughs> uh, it's amazing <laughs>
1: Okay. Um To yeah. the, problem, the so, problem of evil.
0: Yeah. How do you feel as a person existing yeah. in this?
1: So, so, so I, I guess I was making the point that like everybody experiences this. The difference is, so everybody sits in it, you know, everybody's experiencing it, whether you, it depends on what theological framework um, you see the evil and suffering of your life through. Yeah. Um, And so I uh, have been indoctrinated with a theological framework of the Southern evangelical Christian tradition, um, which look, man, the problem of evil is a source of great anxiety and fear because depending on the theological, uh, camp, uh, or like hermeneutical camp, you find yourself in your in your local Christian community, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I guess depending on uh, what your pastor believes about this, right? Your leadership, yeah. The way you sit in the problem of evil uh, is is different. Like I think we all have different. Yeah. I think we all have different ways that we process what it is and how we relate to it.
0: Yeah, so maybe maybe the best way to do this would be talk about some of the major like tradition categories of how well, human humans deal with the problem of evil from our perspective.
1: Well, like so, I think I think we've done some of that on uh, on previous episodes. We have, but
0: there are also some 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 that we have not thought to talk about. Like hmm. for instance, one of them one of them is and a pretty common one is ransom theory.
1: Oh, okay. Ransom okay. atonement, right? Okay. That
0: the wrath of God for humans See? rebelling must be satisfied. Yeah. Which I was in a church service this weekend. So if you didn't know, Wellhouse Church is currently on sabbatical, as I am affectionately calling it. We put it back in relaunch mode. There were some things that happened. Anyways.
1: Wait, you went to church this weekend?
0: I did. Um so we suspended all of our normal Sunday activities, and all we're doing is content and people gathering. Yeah. Because that was our problem is we did not have enough people invested in supporting and volunteering. And when Clayton and I could no longer carry the workload anymore because sure. we had financial struggles, we just had to put it back in launch mode because we couldn't keep carrying the weight. So. Fair. It's on sabbatical right And now, I'm not so, going to do it. <laughs> so, I went, so I went to a different church, a traditional church.
1: Ooh triggered
0: well yeah so it is and i've been three times now to the same church and two of them were halfway decent experiences Mm. uh and one of them was a colossal failure okay Uh, we agreed me and the people that i was with which if you're looking for a spectrum of people that I hang out with i got this guy and our friends like left of left That's not true, but we're pretty left. I'm left of left. And then I have an entire other world that's like right of right. (laughs) And so I went to church with the right of right people. We should have a dinner party. Oh, we're gonna for my birthday. Oh oh God. um, We're going to have a five hour long crawfish. Oh my my God. So anyways...
1: I want to wear a Bernie Sanders shirt. Go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Feel the burn, baby.
0: <laughs> so anyways, I went with them, and even them that were there, we agreed that it was the perfect church cocktail for emotional manipulation.
1: Well, that's aren't they all? No, <laughs> I don't. But okay, why, I will why, say... Why? Go ahead.
0: I will say a lot of... And we learned this in, in seminary, right? People will come and listen to bad preaching for good music. Oh, definitely. They will not come listen to bad music for good preaching. That's correct. And more than likely, the theology that people are going to remember is the theology of your songs, not your sermons. (sighs) Depending on the church. If you're in a really academic church, maybe they value the lecture over the experience. I was
1: going to say that y'all never heard me preach. Ah,
0: shut up. (laughs) So, says the man who hadn't done it in four years. Uh, you know, okay, anyways. Anyways, so what my whole purpose of saying that was, I went to this church, and they sang the song In Christ Alone, In which, Christ if you know my alone. story, Christian music is triggering for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I, This is not the podcast to get into that, but Christian music is really triggering for me, and I have kind of boycotted it. And so this is the first time I'd, sang, I'd heard this song, and I don't sing, but I'd heard this song sang in like a church setting yeah. while I was like being critical of the musical experience and expression of the church. And in Christ alone is supportive of ransom theology. Okay. Ransom atonement theory is what it subscribes to, that the wrath of God was satisfied. Was satisfied.
1: For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. It is ransom
0: atonement theory. Sure. Which
1: I think is a terrible
0: perspective.
1: Yeah. Okay. Look. So most soteriological systems are trying to answer the same age old question. Uh, they all. Where, how do you
0: answer evil and sin and death?
1: How does a good, loving, all, all the omnis, which yeah. if, if this is your first time ever watching us, like we. Omnipotent,
0: all powerful, omniscient, all knowing. Right. Omnipresent, everywhere, omnibenevolent, all-loving, all loving. or all-good.
1: How does an omnibenevolent God uh, square his uh, his uh, all-lovingness with his all-powerfulness and all-knowingness? That's the big problem. This
0: This is the conundrum of the problem of evil.
1: Right. So depending on your theological and hermeneutical camp that you sit in, you asked me like what does it feel like? What's the human experience of the problem of evil? Well, from my uh, journey, from my lived experience, it was terrifying and anxiety ridden because the, the the evil what I was my theological tradition that was handed to me was evil, the source of evil is Satan. Which we have episodes where we like parse all this out. Oh, several episodes. Yeah. So the source of evil is Satan and his demonic power horde well, army. Okay. So wait, are you saying the source of evil is Satan? I'm telling you what was told to me. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And how it made me feel. Got it. Got um. It. And 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 the only. The only way I could counter the evil power of Satan and demons was a obedient, holistic submission to Jesus's word example and uh, intimate, uh, dynamic relationship with God the Father through the Holy Spirit. Prayer was critical, uh, like quiet time, Bible study, worship, uh, teaching, discipleship, uh, and a lot of behavioral modification.
0: Of course. Spare Be- the rod, spoil the child.
1: Because, 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 because these things were critically important, because if I didn't do these things, then the evil would prevail. Well, it would have. I would be giving legal access to the evil into my life, and so all the problems, my suffering, my would be
0: magnified,
1: or be the. This would be the root cause of. Yeah. Right. Like, if I did, if I sinned, then I would give a foothold to the enemy to come in and curse my finances. Yep. 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 So this was the problem. So the solution for the problem of evil for me was, uh, spiritual warfare. Ooh. Uh, this was a tradition I was handed but yeah. but you asked me sorry I know I'm taking a long time to answer this no, question no this is great this but, is great but you asked me how that made me feel and it made me feel anxious depressed afraid fearful but more than that blame and shame heaped upon myself yeah. because remember I am the you're lynch the pin.
0: worthless piece of shit
1: well I'm the one who gives access to the bar- sense. I'm yeah. the one who gives access to the evil to yeah. do the to, to do the evil to me uh, and, and, and God yeah. God doesn't want that for my life. Uh, and he has made provisions to protect me from those things. But I only have access to that provision and that protection if I maintain uh, a certain devotion. Yeah. So it's dependent upon me. It's dependent upon my ability yeah. to interpret the text correctly and right. apply the text correctly and maintain a level of internal holiness to thwart the problem to thwart the evil in my life, so it made me anxious, yeah. depressed, fearful, full of shame. Yeah, um, and 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 it was uh, uh, all consuming. It was yeah. all consuming. Like it, it, it touched uh, my the way I spoke, the way I ate, the way I lived, the way I used my money, the way I, uh, be, the way I related to other people, my sexuality, politics. my politics, my my education, my
0: all of it, everything. Your entire life, every decision you made, consumed by this concept.
1: And now I am free and liberated from all of that. Liberated.
0: That's an interesting word choice that you choose to do that. I would argue that that's what Jesus came to do. And we currently live in a recreation of the pharisaical systems.
1: Here's the problem with that. Okay. Oh, well, sorry. Go ahead. No, go I, ahead. I was tell you the a, problem. I was going to take a theological turn. If Jesus's sacrifice solves the problem of evil... Okay. Does it?
0: Did I say that his sacrifice solved the problem of evil?
1: His death, burial, and resurrection. Okay. Solves the problem of evil. Why does the problem of evil still exist?
0: Well, you left out a key part of... Now and not what? yet. Are you going
1: to tell, tell me we're in, the, we're, in the, we're in a liminal space?
0: Well, no, but I was going to tell you that the story does not stop at oh, resurrection. Yeah.
1: Right. What is it? What are, oh, okay, so, go ahead. So, anyways, uh, go ahead.
0: A friend of mine, and used to be, maybe still is, a friend of yours, uh, Mike Skinner,
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, we're friends. I mean, we're acquaintances. Yeah. What up, Mike? You're not listening, but what up, Mike?
0: Uh, we used to do, uh, or he did a series when we were in, or I was in grad school. He had just graduated. He did a series, a preaching series in his church. Uh, I think it was four or five weeks. I can't remember.
1: I've preached in his church in his pulpit before, by the way. So there you go.
0: Um, anyways, he did a sermon series entitled Ascension Matters.
1: Okay. Include the Ascension. Got include it. Include
0: the Ascension. And it, and the entire premise is because it. there are lots of people who were resuscitated from the dead. Right? Throughout the Bible, right? Lazarus, Lazarus is resuscitated from the dead. Okay. Um, but Lazarus goes on to die. Sure.
1: Right? He, Lazarus
0: is not still currently living today.
1: He doesn't experience Ascension. Right. right. He does not.
0: There are only three characters in the entire Bible that experience Ascension. Okay. Remember who they are?
1: Well... I think you're getting a little loose with the term Ascension, but I assume you mean Enoch, Elijah, and, and Jesus and Jesus. Yes. now
0: Jesus is really the only one that it truly ascends. That's what because I'm, it's ascending to the right hand of the Father. You are elevating status back to where you came from. Well, and I think it's the, the bookend
1: of the story. I think the Enoch situation, I think we read a lot into that. Anyways, go ahead. Well, I think he he walked with God, and then he was no more. That is literally all the text says. It's true. It's true. Eli- Tradition uh, has said that it's ascension. at least Elijah rides away on a chariot of flaming horses or something, and and, and at least there is Elisha sees him ascend. But Anyways, that's proceed. but wouldn't
0: you? But uh, see, so like as a literary narrative, like a uh, critic. I might say that that is even harder to believe because it's clearly given over to apocalyptic oh, thought process. I don't
1: believe any of it. I'm no, just saying. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, so. Even, yeah, anyways, go ahead. Okay, so okay. I think
0: the ascension matters, but your, your point is if God can solve the problem of evil, why does it still exist?
1: if God can solve the problem of evil, why does it still exist? And if Jesus's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension solve the problem of evil, why does it still exist? And so the seminary... Because the story's not over. uh Uh-huh. The theological answer... Or the seminary answer is this See, is a already not yet. This is an already not yet, or okay, a, explain a, or a now and not yet. So, okay, let's just go to covenant theology, right? Yep. So, um, in covenant theology, you have all of the you have this progression of God's relationship with his creation, Adamic human. covenant
0: with Adam, oh, sorry. Noahic covenant with Noah, Abrahamic covenant with Abraham. And then you have Mosaic, Mosaic Covenant with Moses. Davidic. Davidic Covenant with David. And, and then, then New Covenant. New Covenant with Jesus. New
1: Covenant Theology with Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit. And um, where was I going with that? Oh, Covenant Theology and talking about the now and not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jesus's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension defeats the powers of sin and hell. Uh, And ushers in, it's also kingdom theology, and ushers in the kingdom reign of Jesus, sort of. And so it is now the kingdom of the authority, power, uh, and liberation and salvific efficacy and kingdom reign of Jesus exists currently because he's ascended. But we don't see the full impact or the full efficacy of it because people are still dying not living forever. People are still sick, not fully healed in their God uh, intended existence. Uh, Suffering and evil still exist. uh, Yeah, yeah, right. The problem of evil has
0: not been fulfilled because
1: suffering and evil. So, so again, I'm giving a seminary answer here. So does that mean that Jesus isn't on the throne? Does that mean that Jesus um, has not defeated the powers of sin and death? No, it means that he quasi has, he sort of has now, but he sort of has not yet because there is a last, like a final covenantal experience, a consummation. Yeah, which is uh, the parousia or like the return of Jesus coming and establishing his throne, and then we have to talk about like millennialism, which we don't need to get into nope. all the things. No, we have series yeah.
0: on that. We're not doing that. We, you can go find those there on this. So- RSS. Feed. So
1: so back, so back to the point, now that I've given a whole lesson on <laughs> the covenant theology, uh, 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 the problem is if Jesus is, if the new covenant solves the problem of evil, why do we still experience the problem of evil?
0: Well, let me ask you a question. When you say new covenant, you mean Jesus, right?
1: Well, I'm using it as shorthand for like the work of Jesus. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sure, so, sure, sure. But you mean Jesus,
0: and what do sure. you say? The most important words in the Bible, if there were any, are the words of. Uh,
1: he put the bag of foreskins on his feet. Jesus. Oh yeah, right. If if you get that reference, put the biblical reference in the comments, and I will, <laughs> I will buy you one of these. That's easy. Then
0: you better buy one right now because they won't be there if. You better buy one to have on let's, hand and it's
1: a giveaway. Are you see, are you committing to a giveaway? Let's see how quickly people like, subscribe, and share. Oh wait, I have things for this. No. <laughs> <laughs> the woman, yeah. That's not moving it. on. <laughs> I promise we'll get it figured out, y'all. I just haven't had time. I'm a busy man. I can't I'm do dead. the things. I'm dead. We're producing a whole other show now too. Anyways, it's true.
0: We have another show in the works. Uh Top Secret.
1: Top secret. Anyways, proceed, proceed. Sorry.
0: Actually, uh shameless plug. There's another podcast for Wellhouse Church that's in the works. What? Uh yes. Uh how do I
1: not know this?
0: <laughs> because it hasn't been cleared with the board yet. This is top
1: top secret stuff. Kevin, tell this man to be quiet.
0: But it's a podcast that I think would be brilliant and it is very representative of who we are. Look, the only it thing is, I care
1: about, Cullen, this whole little this whole little uh you know speech you're giving right now about this top secret mess, I don't care. Am I on it or not? No, you're not. Well then who
0: cares? Oh, but you would actually care because you would love the co-host and you
1: would love Ooh, the don't, topic. Don't tell anymore. Don't say anything else. I like uh, I'm I, giving a pre I give- like the tease. I like the tease.
0: It the title of it is going to be Harm and Healing. Oof. And the opening graphic, the, like, logo for the podcast is... A goat a, head. Nope. It's a, um, it's like a yin and yang.
1: Oh, you're going to go, like, uh, Buddhism? Wait, what, yin and yang? What, what, what religion is that it? Just
0: watch. <laughs> harm and Healing is about the cyclical cycle that me and the co-host have been through. Her as an individual. Ooh, kind of female. Feels. Did you hear that? He dropped He dropped yep, a female. Yep. Her as the co-host and the harm that the church has done to her. Can I be a, a guest? And, uh, yeah. When we get three microphones, shout out, you can give <laughs> in the descriptions. And we would like to buy a third mic so we can have some guests on. Come but, on, you know, somebody. Stuff costs money. Um, and me as a seminarian and three times over educated university trained pastor, the harm that I have been trained to do and commit to people. Definitely. Um Yeah. Harm and healing in the church that how, how the place of healing turned into a place of harm and how we're trying to bring it back to a place oh. of
1: healing. Oh, you think the church was a place of healing to begin with
0: anyways. Okay. I think that's what it was intended to be.
1: Okay. I think that's what Jesus did. Good plug. We're at 40 minutes. Let's yes. Go.
0: Okay. So conversation about the human perspective. You, you said something that I think was very uh, helpful in what I was trying to get at, because another solution, mainstream solution to the problem of evil is like a very reformed theology perspective. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, if you want to articulate and a little I, there bit.
0: Was a, there was a short season where I was like kind of subscribing to a reform perspective.
1: Wait, are you a white male millennial with a theology degree?
0: At one time, I was. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> so On the
0: nose. But... So anyways, when I was there, I used to use this analogy that salvation is God as a stable uh, a stable stallsman, and he's shoveling shit Do-do. as fast as he can out. out, and at some point, the world is going to end, and God's just trying to shovel as much shit out as he can before it's all done. hmm To every student or congregant that ever heard me use that metaphor, I am so, so sorry. That was God awful. It's where I was at at the time. Epiphany. the theology I was subscribed to. It was terrible. You are not pieces of shit. That is not what humanity is. That's a terrible way to look at ourselves. And you know, they pride themselves on that Bible verse that we're dirty rags, right? Yeah. Like Paul uses that word and it's like, it really is like it's menstrual rags, like that's just what it, it's like. They're dude, no good for anything, and in the ancient world, you couldn't clean them. Dude, you just throw them out. Throw they them are out. no good for anything.
1: I'm telling you, the self hatred that's involved. Yes. On Sunday mornings, is and we've both done it. I repent. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even know what that means, but like I apologize too. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I did stupid stuff like that too. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we're going to end this episode here because it was an introduction. I was looking for two things out of this episode. One, to introduce the conundrum that drove this man from two degrees in theology to an atheist. And I also wanted to try to see if there was another episode that we could pull out of his response. And he hit the nail on the head. It's exactly what I was looking for. I've referenced it in the past. So we have two episodes left in this section. Um, And then we'll do a conclusory, hey, let's do a summary episode of all this stuff we've talked about about the problem of evil.
1: Let's just summarize it in one episode. I swear, if you make me read the Bible in the next episode, I'm going to... We
0: may read the Bible a little bit. We may read the Bible a little bit because the next episode... So the episode that we already had scheduled and I told you was coming was one about the armor of God and the way that humans exist in fighting a war. But... That We're going to push that one off one what? week. That's what I was preparing for. You just made a comment, and it gave me a great idea for an episode that I've already referenced in the past, which is an episode about the kingdom of God and how this is really the solving of the problem of evil.
1: Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it
0: helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.